that, you know, it's like how kids talk about baseball players. That's how we talk about albums. We're just trying to postpone mortality. They need that to fill some kind of void that they have. The search for the Yeti. He's a duck. <laughs> well, don't interfucking rough. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of the Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank Garcia-Hale. I'm Pat O'Brien, and today we have a special sort of Zoom roundtable with a bunch of friends who were kind enough to join us who went to the recent WPC early years shows at Zuzu's. Um, mm-hmm. Frank and I did not uh, did not go to the show, so they're going to kind of uh, you know uh, give us give us a firsthand account, let us know what it was like. You know, and uh, yeah, we're really excited. Um, so yeah, with us today we have uh, Mandy Dayton. Mandy, welcome. Hi. We have uh, Melissa Moore. Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. And uh, John, is it Lamanta? Lamanta. John Lamanta, Lamanta or Lamanta? Lamantia. 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 Was we both got it wrong. Two yeah. swings and it, yeah. 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 Everybody always messes up my last name, so I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. I Americanize <laughs> too much, I think. But <laughs> um, well, thank you all so much for being here. We might actually have one more guest pop in. We'll see. This is you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah. So we're we're um, you know, we're gonna kind of hand the reins over to you for the most part. But um, the thing we're talking about is the recent shows. I know some of you went to uh, multiple shows. Um, but Frank, do you want to give us just the basic info on these, these shows? Yeah. So, uh, William Patrick Corgan decided at Madame Zuzu's to do, uh, two weekends of shows, uh, where he was doing his earlier, uh, early years material, 1985 through 1990. So kind of pre pumpkins or during pumpkins when they first started. Uh, and this happened on October 2nd and 3rd and October 9th and 10th um and we have uh thanks to thanks to pam uh our good friend pam uh we get to look at this um lovely uh what would you call it? a program that you can actually purchase at zuzu's right now um but a lot of great songs some that we were familiar with and some that were new to some of us and uh yeah these were special events that they sold tickets for very limited uh number and uh our guests with us today were the lucky ones who got to see this show uh so yeah uh pat is there anything i'm missing i don't think so yeah it's it do we'll just kind of have everybody go around you could say you know who you are where you're from what you you know what your sort of pumpkins love is yeah the history of your love of the band is and then yeah just tell us about your experience with the shows um melissa do you want to kick things off sure from chicago from chicago. Chile, chicago yeah i live on the north side of chicago i've been a pumpkins fan since the 90s i actually went to the same high school and grew up one mile from billy but we were definitely not in the same year of class um but uh pumpkins when i was growing up or in the 90s was you know, um, probably one of my top favorite bands. And it was a really big thing in our high school because it was like, oh, Billy won here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there were, I remember specifically like, um, you know, just people like sporting the, the shirts and like 
there was one girl in particular that kind of used to dress up like one of his album covers and we're like, oh, she's really into the pumpkins. Um, but it, it was interesting because um, um, for me, it's always hit closer to my heart with, with Billy and like being able to identify with him so much because I know the area is kind of, you know, like when he's talking about the neighborhood, I know what neighborhood he's talking about. And just kind of like, um, um, you know, like the culture and demographic of, of kind of where our high school was and where he grew up. Um, but definitely my top two favorite bands. Um, I think the world of him, I think the world of his music, um, his songwriting is to me, in my opinion, completely out of control. Like he's so talented. And um, so uh, I, I actually had never been to the original Madame Zuzu's and um, now that they've kind of reinvented it, I'm there all the time. Um, and yeah, and like I told you, I take advantage of kind of everything. Um, staff is great. Like, it's just been such a blessing to have that so close by. Everything Chloe does is amazing. Um, but or, the point is that it's, it's definitely a band that's touched me near and dear to my heart. Um, instead of having like respect and love for them, it's just more like, pulling at my heartstrings a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I'm 43 years old. So I, I, I know the first album I bought uh, was Gish. I remember coming home and listening to it. I remember, um, you know, going to concerts. I, I actually got second row um, concerts and like uh, tickets um, to Shiny and Oh So Bright Tour. And it was just like, it's just nice. amazing. Like, I just love being um a part of their world so i'm that's kind of i don't know if i'm missing anything because it's hard to like no that's great yeah, no, I mean, no, there's, yeah. There's, there's, way, there's a lot to it but it yeah oh it's, yeah yeah there when, is when you're a huge fan it kind of and have been for a long time it kind of touches all parts of your huge. life but yeah um, so yeah well tell us a little bit about um the shows you went to what what um you went to more than one right I went to five, uh, five and, one. yeah. And so, um, you know, I went to the very first one and I, I like had a, a front middle seat and I a front table and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't deserve this close. No, but, but it's amazing because Riot Fest just happened and that was a whole nother, like crazy off the hook production. So I like Billy the best when he's kind of just like six feet away from you and just doing his thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I did go to multiple shows. Um, I really had a lot of, em I don't even know if empathy is the right word. Um, I give him a lot of credit because telling the story he told so many times is a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, and he, he didn't veer off at all, like based on like, it was the second show or like the next weekend or he put his whole heart into it. Um, so I was very lucky to be there. I did like sitting um in different areas because i like i also like watching the audience's reaction to like stories he's telling and um yeah so i went to a bunch and um i think the one i went to with mandy mandy and i did like a two-day um the last the, the last sunday he played we did like the three and the 8 p.m and it was just like the best day ever because i only did get to hang out with her well we got to listen to it twice and you know it's you get little tidbits of like 
more info or stories told just a little bit differently. And so after hearing the, the show several times, you really get a lot of information mm-hmm. um, about his story and what he went through and, you know, interesting facts about the band you never, never get to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Mandy, you, you and Melissa are pals, you know each other. Um, tell us, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with the band and yeah, what the shows were like for you. Um, so I, I remember being really little when Siamese Dream came out and I remember this guy in a a ice cream truck driving and I thought he was so cute, but I was still really little at this time. I was born in 84. So I was excited when that would come on TV. It was kind of mixed in with everything else though. There was like Tool, there was Janet Jackson, like MTV Mm -hmm. was just kind of a mess. So you had to really wait for that to come on. But then when Melancholy came out, I had just moved to a new town. I had no friends. I was I was abused by my dad. I was bullied at school. Like, um, and then I just kind of lived in my room with the door locked all the time and just for safety. One day I was watching MTV and I saw the Tonight Tonight video come on and it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was beautiful. Like the music was unlike anything I'd ever heard. And I just fell in love and I just lived on my bunk bed waiting for this music video to come on and their music videos to come on every day. And it took a long time for me to get the melancholy CDs because they were so expensive at that time. I think back in like, (laughs) like nineties money around here, it was about a $70 album or something. It was outrageous. So an uncle like lend it to my dad who lend it to me. And then when I finally got to hear the album in its entirety, I just remember like, like seriously hugging my radio as dumb as that sounds and just bawling because it's like he got to articulate what I couldn't. And um, it just felt like he was it was meant for me or something or I don't know. I just like wanted to completely just embrace it and have that just be all mine and um, his pain and everything. Like now I have such a better appreciation for what he went through, like writing these songs. And it's like Melissa said, it was a lot like at the shows. Um. I know how hard it is retelling abusive stories. It takes a long time to get that out. It's embarrassing. It's really hard to talk about when you have friends that grew up in this like Brady Bunch kind of house to talk about stuff. You will worry that people won't believe you or get the gravity of it. Um, It was like, like you had to be there for it to like really sink in. But anyway, um, I'm like veering off. But yeah, like I've been obsessed ever since I was 10, 11 years old. It's never stopped. And Billy's just like many other people stopped me from from killing myself, like truthfully. Like even if there was just times where it was like, I can't do it because I'm going to miss the next album that comes out. (laughs) Like that was sometimes the only thing that there was to look forward to. So Ever since then, I've wanted to tell him, like, thank you for my life, basically. Mm-hmm. I named my daughter after 
I, you know, I named, I named her Starla because she saved my life. He saved my life. And I finally got to meet, like, I got to introduce my kids to him this time. Wow. And I got, and like, that was a dream. I got to introduce them to my hero. Um, I got to tell Billy, thank you for saving my life. It's like, I got to tell him these things I've been holding in forever. Mm-hmm. But I almost, like, after the third show, a grab like the gravity did like start weighing on me as soon as Dr- Melissa dropped me off at my hotel it was like I just something hit me where I just started crying like and I couldn't go to my room I just sat where the little ice machine was forever and I was just bawling and I didn't know what to do I think like the gravity uh like sorry gravity is my word today but like I think just the weight of telling him the things I've wanted to say for so long and um just the story like the abuse and everything that he went through is like way more than I think anybody thought I think some people think his childhood was bad then he had like you know the marked and then then the smashing pumpkin started forming but there was like so much more in between his childhood and that that was like hardcore just horrible abuse and like I have a 17 year old soon to be 18 year old and like I cannot fathom treating my kids like the way he was treated it was so much and so it's like thanking him for like my life I almost feel like he had to go through all of this with his life to give that to us like I don't know Mm I I hope that that's a compliment to him I don't know I just thank God for him all the time I wouldn't be here I wouldn't even be married to my husband that's what we had in common I wouldn't have my kids if it wasn't for him and like hearing all these stories has just made me appreciate him so much more and just what he's been through so I feel like there's a lot more I could say but like that's that's my story yeah thank you so much thank you so much for sharing all that yeah and you got to you know you've you said you've got you got to kind of express this to him which is pretty i mean it that has to feel like sort of a strange full circle you know moment you know to be to have him share these things and for you to be able to say directly to this person that you connected with from afar you know as a kid um through his music how much it meant to you that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing i know it's surreal because i'm like i wouldn't be here and then my daughter starla wouldn't be here and now i'm getting to introduce my daughter starla to my hero so yeah it did kind of come full circle and i'm just like rewinding it in my head and like hoping i said everything i wanted to say but he was like very welcoming everything I wanted to say I'm like is it okay if I talk to you and he's like yeah he's (laughs) he's like really warm and welcoming there as opposed to getting like mobbed by fans Mm -hmm, outside of a concert there he's just very comfortable and you feel comfortable talking to him yeah that's great um well we'll keep this conversation going obviously um John tell us about Tell us about you. Tell us about where you're from and what your um, your history with the the band or bands, as we see on the wall, um, is. Well, all that's pumpkins except for this one. Right. <laughs> I have a couple other bands there, but it's mostly 95% of them. 
So yeah, I'm from Chicago. I live here now. I have been a fan since I'm a little bit older than you guys. Um, so I've been a fan. I was not uh, in junior high in 1995. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I was 21 uh, in 1995 when Melancholy came out. But so I've been a fan since the early 90s. So I feel like I've been along with them. I was one of those people like many of us who bought Siamese Dream first because of all the hits, right? And then you're like, wait a minute, there's another one before this. And then you go to Gish and you're like, holy crap, totally different, but ridiculous. Being a huge fan for this many years, I could talk, I could do a whole show myself for four hours and just nonstop, which if you know me at all, people will tell you that I do that. <laughs> so <laughs> they try to shut me up a lot. But yeah, it's just a huge long history. I um, feel extremely lucky to be one of the only things I like living about living in Chicago or the Midwest or whatever is that I've had so many awesome connections to this band that I have followed as a religion for 27, 28 years, you know, um, just because of the proximity. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to the first Zuzus many times, the current one, uh, the, the first Zuzus, many, uh, not many, uh, several shows there or um, events there where he was there several times it was with him singing and um one comes to mind with when he was there with jeff sang a bunch of songs intimately if you know the first zuzu was maybe half the size of the current zuzus so talk about intimate you know it just you couldn't get much smaller than that than maybe saying come to my living room and play a show which was you know if you could have told the 90s me which i hear you guys say a lot on the podcast if you could have told mm -hmm. the younger me that i would be sitting in this little room that looks like an antique shop with my rock god playing the mm -hmm. guitar. I mean, I heard Stumbling like 30 feet away from it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, there's no words for someone like me who, when, like, I, I often say it's my religion, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have a real religion, but it's as close as I can get is these album lyrics. And yeah. everything Melissa and Mandy said triggered something in me that made me want to say something, expound upon that, but we would be here all day. So I really can't. But, being able to be here um, close to them, having so many. Uh, when you live in Chicago, I always joke about this. Everybody that you talk to knows him or knows mm -hmm. something about him or did carpenter work for his house or did worked on his car. And you're just like, you know, you can't believe half the stories you hear. Right. Mm -hmm. But so that's one of the things I like best about this show, which I think I mentioned to Frank on a, on a tweet or whatever. Um I liked hearing these stories directly from Billy's mouth because it was the actual story. Mm -hmm. We live here and everyone says they know him or his mother's uncle's brother's cousin and they have a story and you're like, eh, it really doesn't sound like him. Even though, I mean, you know, you think you know him because you've been a big fan for this long. You don't know him really, you know? So mm -hmm. you don't know what to really believe and you hear some of the stories about how this came about or how that came about. But sitting there with him saying these early stories you know it's the truth it's from the guy's mouth mm -hmm. and you know even for him for years and years and years he was not uh uh press friendly and he wasn't how many interviews have you seen where they say well where did you come up with the name smashing pumpkins and he would always he would never answer the question it was always some joke answer or a fu answer <laughs> and as a fan sitting here in my living room in the 90s and 2000s i'm like oh god just tell me i really want to know right. but it's one of those questions that's too stupid to ask him in person so now you know the whole story. It's just one of yeah. those things where it's the truth. You don't have to listen to some third, fourth, fifth hand baloney. Mm -hmm. and now I can tell people that what he said, of course, now I'm secondhand, right? Yeah. 
But yeah, it's just, I mean, I've been to, not to his houses, but I've driven past the Wrigleyville house, the purple Victorian, where, you know, I just drove by once, I, you know, not a stalker, but you look at it and you're like, God, some of my most amazing lyrics ever heard in my life were created in that house, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's just a lot around the Chicagoland area. You know, like they said, a lot of the stories he's told and stuff like that. You're like, oh, that's the place. That's the place. I go there, you know? super interesting so yeah yeah and we'll talk about the um the set list next um and the actual songs he chose um but yeah it seems like billy in general in recent years um especially with you know social media and everything but also like deliberate things like these shows he seems to be taking opportunities to sort of set the record straight to people who are interested in hearing it as opposed to like in the 90s say you know there were a lot of sort of misquotes slash like you said john like people kind of taking something he said in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way and running with it as the truth or or whatever just a lot of sort of confusion and speculation and stuff so yeah this platform that he has now with, I mean, as much as he has a love hate with Instagram, he could right. do the lives and it's just him to us. There's mm-hmm. no middleman, you know. Plus, I feel like at this, what is he, 53, four years old now? You know, he's not a, he's not a bitter 20s, 30s something, you know, he's still a slightly bitter something, 50 something <laughs> old. But I feel like he does feel now, if I could put myself in his shoes a little bit, I feel like he probably has a little bit of an elder statesman feeling now in the music industry. You know, he's not mm-hmm. a new little kid. He's got that that history now he's got the awards he's got and i don't mean the award but he's got that that backing him up now plus Mm -hmm. with that with his age his experience his maturity maybe therapy and the platforms he can kind of be a little bit more open and honest now maybe Mm -hmm. yeah something that he said that i think is really interesting and i wish everyone could hear is that he's like people have a hard time separating the artists from like their art, but I'm, you know, I've heard so many times, you know, people say that I don't like Billy Corgan, but I like his music. And he's like, for me, I I am the same thing. Like, if you Mm -hmm. like my music, that is me. There's, there's no separation there. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that he said that because I've heard that so many times too. Like he's an asshole, but I love his music, Mm -hmm. but like, that is him. Like, that's, encompassed i don't know like it's all encompassing it, the person you see like that you don't like the music that you love it's all the same experience i think with him depends on the day you've met him yeah <laughs> that's or, or yeah. what you because i've met him dozens of times now and sat and talked with him i've been very lucky i have a friend too who lived melissa near him growing up and they kind of know each other and they talk about the old neighborhood sitting there sometimes in that respect, I met him at a garage sale here in Uptown in Chicago. I mean, it was a vintage garage sale. It wasn't just one house, but, and he was the nicest, friendliest person. It was, it was more of a homey feel. It wasn't a, a show or it wasn't a business. You know what I mean? So it depends on how you meet him and maybe your approach too. But I have a, yeah. my, one of my best friends has just a very negative opinion. Then we met him together once and he was very nice. And I said, mm-hmm. so, maybe you. so maybe it is how you come across the people, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's a, a, a really great point is like how you I think how people approach. Um, we know this from our industry, too, of like having friends who are like, you know, in TV and movies and stuff. And you see how 
people approach them and you're like what are you doing you know mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a way that people approach and there's a way that you can tell the genuine people from the people who are just like hey rat in a cage and you're like what mm-hmm. right. get, get away you know like you you don't know but like to mandy your point you know i think it's like if people really paid attention to the music uh really really paid attention to the music like we do like we just like live it and breathe it you know that there is no separation you know you know that's all you know billy you know it's all there so i think that's a really good point so uh with these shows um what were some highlights for you anybody can Uh, so many the honesty i think and the genuineness like they've said you know, to hear to hear him say he was brutally honest. I mean, you, like like Mandy said, you know he had a crappy childhood, right? But when you hear it from the person's mouth, it just brings a certain humanity to it. When you're saying these things, you're just like, Jesus, how are you still here? And thank God, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. But th- these lyrics that we all love and worship, right, came from like they're deep for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep trauma. When you mix that with like he's actually a genius right or maybe is a genius you mix those two things together and you get the, these amazing genius lyrics that we don't feel like we could do because like mandy said he did it for us and quite good at it i think well, like the most enlightening point of this phenomenon was like and i i felt so stupid but i was like i loved hearing the story about the smashing pumpkins i've never actually really thought super super deeply into that uh, you know mm-hmm. especially yeah. like when mtv used to like actually play music videos and like <laughs> back before all the reality shows i remember like when the grunge era came about you know and um there were just like so many bands being listed you know um kind of when nirvana started mm-hmm. you know like um but they they were kind of going crazy with highlighting newer bands and stuff um but i i, I was always like oh that's a cool name right and knowing they were from my hometown. And then and then hearing him tell the story, it was like somebody like hit me. I was like, the smashing pumpkins. That makes sense. I didn't, light bulb never went off. And I loved hearing it from him. And it was like probably my favorite part of the whole night. It was like him telling the story about can the you give, um Can you give the nutshell version of that that story that he he told about the the origin of the band yeah it was um it had to do with like uh the marked was not an easy name to communicate when you're at a loud club saying the marks and so um you know talking about um maybe you guys can help me um well uh, as far as that the smashing pumpkins name he had mentioned the fact that uh, he was sitting at a table somewhere with family and yeah. friends. Somebody said oh, something yeah. about uh, Smashing Pumpkins. And he said, oh, that would be a great name for a band. Yeah. But Smashing being the um, like the, the grand. Right. Yeah, in the British yeah. term. British right, term right. of like smashing. Right. It's not a the, verb. It's, it's the adjective. adjective. Right. Yeah. yeah. Adjective, not a verb. So I've heard yeah. him say that before, but not the whole bigger story about how, and, you know, they, he said, oh, that'd be a great name for the band. And they said, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And he said, no way. And then he then he told somebody, what's the name of your band? He said, the Smashing Pumpkins. And they six remembered months, it. Six months later, he yeah. saw that guy. Oh, yeah, I saw that pumpkins. person. And they were like, Smashing Pumpkins. But see, it is memorable. <laughs> so he wrote the name yeah. on a cassette yeah. that was blank. 
And then he said he had this cassette tape with the name of a band on it, but there was no music on it, and there was no band yet. But he had yeah. the concept on this cassette. Yeah. yeah. Kind of funny. That's Melissa, cool. was there, was there uh, anything else that kind of stood out to you from that uh, show that you particularly liked? Because you went to, how many shows did you go to? I went to five. Um, gosh, what else did I love? Um, I pay attention to like small things like watching his fingers on the guitar, um, kind of getting into like after hearing the story, you know, a few times I was able to, to like kind of like instead of focusing so much on the story, really watching his body language and like trying to like seeing the show from his perspective, you know, and I feel like in all honesty, he genuinely told that story from his, like from his gut and his heart out. It wasn't like he was reading off a script. I actually was really impressed that he like could even go in depth. Like, I feel like, like I'm an empath. If I was to go through a story about trials of a period of my life, I would just need to go be in a room alone for a while. I don't know if I could do it eight times, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that was a really, really wonderful gift he gave because it like, oh gosh. I mean, I thought that was definitely the, probably one of the most spectacular things he could have given his fans. It's like an opportunity to hear these stories. And he was so transparent. He didn't have to tell us things. Um, at all like he could have just and he could have just like gone down like kind of I don't know what he was using I'm sure it was all memory and like going back to those times but you could see him like close his eyes and like just the gestures he made to express something you know um yeah. I just really got involved in like all the little details of like what is kind of like how he was sitting what his feet were doing you know just like the all-encompassing um experience of what he was giving to us was just like it was a massive such a book. gift to me like that's what i'm still yeah. writing high off of because like mm -hmm. god that's that was great. and then the songs uh, i really think that oh, the songs are just so great live no oh. i mean the, the, i'm just saying that the songs being performed live was oh, my gosh, oh yeah amazing um well let's let's go through the set list and uh, everybody feel free to jump in and yeah. shout out your favorites any highlights of this but um we're just looking at this um, this program. Um, first song was "Now That I Feel This Way" from 1985. Um, oh, and you are you looking at the uh, the program as well? Right there in your hands. My book. Oh yeah. So if everybody's got their books, feel free to open your books. To <laughs> yeah. Page, turn to page page three. Mine's upstairs. <laughs> Should we go get them? <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've got it handy, but. Um, yeah, the the I'll just how about I'll just read the track list just so we can refresh yeah, everybody's get a memory. It, yeah. But then you all jump in and just you know tell us what what your favorites were or what you know what were really memorable. So first one was "Now That I Feel This Way." That's from 1985. Mm -hmm. Next, uh, "Pictures of Philip," also 1985. Okay. Next, "First Curse," 1986. Next, uh, Great Billyism here, Mao Say Tongue, number one, 1986. Uh, Ring of the Shadow, 1986. The Dream, 1986. Mao Say Tongue, number two, 1987. 
Pain, 1987, The Vigil, 1987, There It Goes, 1988, Jennifer Ever, 88, With You, 89, and of course, La Dolly Vida from 1990, which is probably the one people know um, more commonly. Well, some of these other ones, you know. Yeah, from 1987 on, uh, you're kind of getting into the territory that we're familiar with. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before that, it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know any of this, so. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah what were some standouts to you mandy we'll start with you uh what were some standout tracks uh or performances from this set list definitely there it goes like a lot of people i i've always wanted to hear that live um but i guess something that hit me more than like the songs is just how talented you know how young he was at this time in like 85 and like melissa said you watch his hands and stuff and you're like you cannot believe that that a 17 year old or whatever you know someone like super young like when he started just playing with his friends like flying v that he was like incredible already mm-hmm. but just being as young as he was writing the lyrics writing these songs and like a lot of it's really kind of tricky like finger work on the guitar so i was just blown away by that being like a guitarist too like Mm -hmm. you could tell he's he was something special like way back then um definitely jennifer ever me and melissa would like always wait for that one to come on we love that um i'm so sorry if you can hear my email chiming (laughs) um but uh gosh everyone like cursed you could like given like the story and then getting the song you can be like oh now i know where that came from like i think if he releases this as like a vinyl not having the story is like a big part of it missing but i understand it because it's so personal but like having the story and then getting the song that came after that and because of that experience is like so much more powerful than just having the song Mm -hmm. so those were mine yeah well you mentioned the just the because one thing that i thought just from afar not having gone like the billy being um the perfectionist that he is or the sort of um i don't know but he like these this batch of songs and even just the way he's talked about like the pumpkins and sort of the moment when they threw away all their old songs and he said we need to you know like pre-gish like we need to we need to make new stuff like these particular songs must have met a certain bar of its significance it sounds like you know based on what they meant for his life but also quality too you know like or else i feel like he wouldn't bother if they were merely old I, but not like up to snuff in some way. I don't think he would have bothered revisiting them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like yeah. J- they must have stood out to him as like not just significant from what he was going through, but but solid songs that could that could stand on their own. You know, yeah. Performance and if I year. could just add, this is kind of off topic, but just to think that he wrote these things and like you know, his dad just kept telling him like it's luck or like you know trying to make it sound like just make him feel like it was never going to go anywhere to know that he wrote those songs and like not even that many years later he was inducting pink floyd into the rock and roll hall of fame and Mm -hmm. playing with david gilmore like i wish you were here or whatever it's just like insane Mm -hmm. we know how big of like that time period goes by so fast that 
it's just you wish so bad you could go back and just tell Billy you're going to be playing with David Gilmore. Yeah, <laughs> and he's listed, but... he's cited that song, and maybe he talked about this in the show, but he's talked about that song being kind of like the first song that he kind of connected with mm -hmm. on an emotional level or like that kind of illuminated like the type of songs he wanted to to write himself yeah. yeah he was already incredible so young so i'm so glad that he got that with david and has just been so amazing since so that was my long story i'm sorry no no no, no, no. no. That's, that's what that's what, what we're we here for here. Yeah. as you know like yeah we we <laughs> That's our uh, eventually we'll end up in a, a cure tangent too so yeah that's just yeah. how the Give podcast goes <laughs> um <laughs> yeah anybody else that he said there were like 150 songs or there was like 300 i don't know there was oh. lots lots of songs and he picked these out mm -hmm. i loved pictures of philip because oh, yeah. you know at that time he was like writing about anything but himself oh, and right. I, yeah, what I wanted to like, I, I was, I still think like, well, where is Philip now? Does he know this? You know, the his baby pictures, right? Like, yeah, where's the baby? Whole song written. It's interesting, you know, just like the um the sentiment, you know, where he he would just write about somebody else, or um, because I think we all kind of avoid sometimes talking about ourselves, you know, and like so everyone can identify with going into like um the mystery of someone some of the unknown you know um, yeah especially imagining somebody else's life or you know trying to yeah. put yourself in their shoes and write from an artistic point of view that way you yeah know? yeah and this yeah. Uh, this we, I, we you all are and i kind of consider myself a midwesterner like but i'm from buffalo which is new york state but like you know it's more like a you know chicago um than grandfathered in by the weather <laughs> yeah there's yeah. the lake effect snow yeah it feels, <laughs> and it just you know but we've talked about this idea of um the pumpkins and billy's midwest uh mysticism and i feel like maybe that kind of like certain amount of like um i feel like maybe that feeds into it you know the kind of like it's not polite to sort of talk about yourself too much yet I feel very deeply and I have a lot to say, you know, so maybe that, um, I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. that plays into that somehow. But do you, do you all think like, yeah. what, what is, you know, I, I don't know. It, it obviously like we've talked a lot about Chicago and stuff and Billy sort of being this kind of hometown figure who is still, you know, a figure in his hometown. What do you think it is about the band and where they're from that like do you think that has to do with what a lot of people connect to the band over you know what i mean like is is there something about where they're from that that informs the the music and the connection with people well i'm so i think for me uh, oh sorry no, no no i'm sorry it's like i think there's a delay <laughs> i think for me it's been very personal because um i always felt i did not have the best like, you know, I grew up in an abusive home. Um, I felt like I was kind of trapped. I didn't really have a vision of what I wanted to do. I didn't know, like it was, it was hard, right? Hard circumstances. And like, so I always felt like, and I'm not at all saying I'm remotely musically inclined, but if he could get out, I could get out. You know, mm -hmm. if he can do something great, I can do something great. Like he, like this, you know, he walked these streets, he walked these, these school 
hallways. Like, you know, um, I did not particularly love my high school, but but the point is, um, it's it's definitely been a connection for me because mm-hmm. I like like I was saying, like the demographic, the neighborhoods, like he did something great with his life, you know, and it's like so he kind of went like this, and I'm like, well, he can do it. I can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm not trapped. Right. Especially yeah. given his his account of his at these shows, he talked a lot about on the on their block in their neighborhood. They were kind of the gross, dirty family with the drug yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he talked about his dad had a drug problem. He was in and out of jail. Billy had to pretend like he didn't know what these drugs were to his friends. You know, they, he had a brother with some, you know, uh, mental issues or whatever the the name. Uh, so he said that they weren't, the house wasn't clean, that they were that house in the block that, you know, you're told to avoid at Halloween, right? You know, mm-hmm. cause you don't want your kid to, so they, everyone has that, that neighborhood house and that family that you're kind of like, they got problems that the, the cops are coming over there every once in a while. It's a dirty house. And he made it from that to this. So not only was he a Midwestern person who got out of it, right? Cause Sometimes in the Midwest, you can feel stuck. You're not East Coast. You're not West Coast. You're like gloomy mm-hmm. yeah. 90% of the time. You feel stuck. But he went from not just that, but a polar opposite or, or a polar, you know, an yeah. extreme of that mm-hmm. uh, to making out of that. So, yeah, if he can make it out and not, he wasn't not only abused, but he was not only not encouraged to do music, but he was discouraged. Mm-hmm. Even when yeah. they, his family saw the talent, they still said, you're not, you'll never amount to anything. So Jesus, God, he had everything against him. So if he can keep, you know, I don't know. Thankfully, he was one of the the '90s rock gods who who made it. Thankfully, yeah, I feel like that's kind of an undercurrent of all of this. Is like, yeah, obviously he had a lot of peers who didn't weren't able to who aren't with us to tell the tale anymore. So that's that's becoming more and more of a yeah. What's that? I I feel like maybe there's some Midwestern values there. Not that mm-hmm. Midwestern people don't kill themselves, but there are some Midwestern family value things that he has definitely grasped onto now with Chloe yeah. and kids. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. he at home in the Chicago suburbs-ish, uh, maybe a little bit out, for, further outside of that, arguably. But, you know, he's got the family values thing, I think, is something that Midwesterners, mm-hmm. and I, I hate to say family values to sound like politicized, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, even like we, Frank and I have been um, listening to and, and doing um, an episode about the final, final, uh, not final, but final at the time Metro show and the kind of end of the band, the initial end of the band. And Billy um, says uh, in one interview, you know, like about the band, it, it's, it's not very cool it may not be very cool or hip or but like we actually tried our best like we worked really hard like it's it feels like uncool to say this kind of like there was there was also that too like the the um i don't know like he's always had sort of a a a work ethic and a, a desire to kind of persevere as opposed to succumbing to the kind of like hipness of not giving a shit you know what i mean yeah that I'm was so, our I'm sorry. Go no go ahead mandy oh i'm so sorry i think there was this, no, like, a display. i was just gonna say my experience is different from you guys because i lived in utah my whole life in a really small town so i didn't get that 
I didn't know where the steeple was that guided him to his heart and home, you know, like I didn't know where these things were and like the city by the lake. And I didn't know what that was like. And then, and I just knew that I was like severely depressed and somebody understood me. And so like, if he could make it out, I could. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so much that he made it out of his area that it it was more that he made it out of the situation that he was in. But the, like, I didn't even know was, as horrible as it was like you really had to be at these shows but he didn't make it out to be like oh this horrible thing it was just something that you could tell he's retold and relived like melissa said he closes his eyes and you can tell he's reliving it mm-hmm. and like he helped me get through my abuse so that's the you know the thing we had in common not the area so much yeah so i, mean, I couldn't that's... have lived in a more different place than you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> But I mean, that's yeah. like, uh, that's much more universal, you know, the, the, um, getting out of the situation you're in, even when it seems like th- there's, there's no, no evidence to suggest that you ever will, you know, but yeah. just like that hope, it goes a long way, I'm sure. One thing I, I will say, um, sorry, I, I don't think I'm too off that. No, no, no. Okay. So one thing Mandy had just said about, um, the 33 song, really, and maybe it's because I live here, I do view it from the Midwestern point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one interview I heard not long, well, maybe probably a long time ago. He had talked about that song and some other things he had, some lines he had written. And he had said, growing up in Chicago, specifically in the Chicagoland area where he did, he said, so much of the year, and I, I use this line a lot, we just have this gloom overcast. Mm-hmm. But what he said was, I was riding, you know, my bike in this gloomy Chicago day where in a, in a way that only Chicago gets. And I, because I'm from here, I guess, completely felt it. I was enveloped immediately in that day that he was, that he wrote the song in because we do get a specific type of gloom. And it is so, I mean, I'm exhausted just thinking about it mm-hmm. because we're, we're in that era now. And it's going to go for the next seven months. Right. right. It's already setting in. <laughs> it's been here for a week now. And I'm like cold mist and gloom. But with that line, so I pull my collar up and face the cold on my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about that so much on a good day, let alone on the day when you're out there walking and you're like, oh, Jesus, and you, and you actually yeah, do it. And you're, and you're alone and you're thinking, oh, Jesus, I'm a Billy cliche right now and I'm depressed today, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do view all of his music from a Midwestern Chicago perspective. So to me, I do feel a lot of it in his music. And of course, driving down Lakeshore Drive one night, tonight, tonight comes on and that line comes on. It's just so apropos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We t- we've even talked about that, uh, that with 33 in in the past um, when we covered the album, like I, I not being from Chicago, but being from sort of a, a sister, cold, gloomy seven months of the year thing, that song uh-huh. felt like that song especially resonated with me and that line as well pull my collar up and face the cold it was like okay bingo this is what you know like i totally can like metaphorically but also re- at reality right yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i feel like like mandy like uh i have that similar experience because i grew up in a very small like texas like um friday night lights you know type of town like very much like that where you just feel stuck and like you know you have your own family drama and you have a lot of other stuff and you feel like the outsider and you just feel like i'm never going to get out of this you know and that that feeling that heavy feeling of being like looking around you and saying like oh is this going to be my life you know 
and then listening to that music and it kind of lifting you up out of that and just being like i'm gonna be okay uh is such a powerful uh feeling you know and i think that's what kind of connects us all uh with it's it's regional it's personal it's like all these things come together that kind of lift us to this this thing that makes it more than fandom it's just more personal yeah you know it's personal definitely yeah um well what what uh we don't want to keep you all day we so appreciate this this is great yeah, this has been a great to chat but yeah what yeah. um we're gonna well, keep is there, don't worry. <laughs> yeah is there any um are there any other highlights for anybody or any like um i don't know any just anything else that stood out to you about the show or shows that that you went to mandy i don't know if you remember this but one of the things that stood out i mean i'm sure you remember this uh that stood out the last show so i understand boundaries billy has to have boundaries i do i do like the fact that people like it seems like people respect his boundaries at zuzu's so you know um you know, I, I don't think he gets like, I'm sure there's disrespectful people like what you say, because it's like maybe out of 100 people, you're going to have those fans that are oh, like, yeah. you know, um, but so I felt like the last show, I don't know what he was feeling, maybe relief, maybe sadness, who knows, right? The very last show, probably uh, he's got to be somewhat exhausted, I would think. He had his guard totally down after that show. So instead of being like, oh, thank you, like, hi, how are you? you know, he was actually just like, yeah we were talking about like like i don't know it's just it was very um he was just very like relaxed and um that really stuck out to me because um i like that part of billy where he can just like relax and you know just kind of hang out and talk and i do appreciate the time yeah Mm -hmm. the the last first of all i have to thank melissa she's the reason why i got to go to this show so god bless her you're You're right right I always owe you a big one in my book. Uh, but after the show I went to, he sat there. Zuzu's is, I think, a place of comfort for him. Yeah. I feel, I feel like he probably feels a little bit safer there. That's his home turf, right? It's his ballpark. Uh, so, I mean, after our show, when there was just a handful of us left sitting finishing our coffee, he sat down and ate with Chloe. I mean, it's pretty cute, right? I mean, he, they're at the shop yeah. that they own. They're chill. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was gone and we were finishing up sort of the same time, and he got up to walk away and we all got to say thank you and, you know, Cool, chill, personal. There's no threat. I feel like it's a, a Zuzu's. When you're in Zuzu's, if you've never been able to go there, it, it gives you a nice. It's a, such a great environment. It's just chill. There's some yeah. antique stuff. There's some pumpkin pictures, but really, it's just a tea shop, and it's cool. There's a little artsy stuff there. There's incense that you could buy. You know what I mean? It's like oddities and books. There's kids running around. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a neighborhood tea. I mean, it's like great. The vibe is just awesome and you know i think when you walk in that door even if you're a big fan you do sort of succumb to the the zuzu's vibe you mm-hmm. know and you do sort of chill out and i think billy knows feels that too yeah when you're there, it's that's great well, yeah he might sit next to you at lunch he might not like but it's like I, i'll go there when i have like a few hours of work to do and like if i'm home i'll just be doing other stuff and i just go there i camp out for the day and you know yeah like he he comes in i think pretty much every day and uh it's just like hey billy what's up you know and he's just it's like no you know what i mean it's not like it's like a weird dream that you had in the 90s right yeah right now yeah he's provided yeah. me with this place and i'm providing him with like you know I, I i get like i don't know i just think that he should be treated like a extremely talented normal person right like mm. normal yeah. guy. 
Um, we have to support Zuzu's to keep it open. Every time I go there, that's the one place. I don't think I don't look at price tags. Whatever I want, I'll no, buy right. I'll buy a couple. I'll buy the meatball sub, which is amazing. I'll buy the co- the coffee or tea. You know, I'm just like that's my place. You know, some people go to Disney. Some people want to go to Macy's. <laughs> Zuzu's is like whatever I want there. I'm buying it. Of course, some of the five hundred dollar things I, I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I we haven't been. Pat and I haven't been yet. Uh, but we we plan to uh, sometime in the near future. Um, but I I know I bought tea from there online uh it's delicious it's great mandy had you been there before i went there in may and that's actually how me and melissa met is i was like a lamb going into this oh nice i'm like i'm coming by myself does anybody (laughs) see me i was like i don't know the area i was like imagining it like new york and like like, i'm your friend girl i got you (laughs) oh that's so funny you're not alone yeah so she totally we just connected immediately so i went there with her and like um leaving there i just felt devastated like and then leaving there again like it does it feels like home you don't want to leave zuzu's i don't want to leave chicago like yeah. that was like another part of my heartbreak but um i'm in january you want to leave chicago like you always can come every time yeah. i get a ticket, like two tickets i'm like it's your ticket and so you tell me you're not coming yeah we're like each other's i know i got you. <laughs> that's so funny because um i almost moved to chicago i was supposed to move to chicago after college um and i had always visited during the winter <laughs> you know like i was like okay yeah. my friend was like who lived there was like you better come you got to visit now he's like if you're gonna live here you gotta oh, know it. it's like uh and yeah. i i love chicago. even then i i loved it i ended up moving to new york instead for different reasons but like I I absolutely love Chicago. I haven't been back in a while other than with layovers and I can't wait to go back and I'm, you know, this is the time of year I buy lottery tickets so I can get out. What's that? This is the time of year I buy lottery tickets. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> I can come visit Pat and Frank. Yeah. Permanently. Yeah. But one thing I would like to finish up saying if I could about this pumpkins community, Melissa and Mandy, I I don't know that I met Mandy before, but Melissa, you know, just Getting me to come poke it out, Pam is the reason why I got to hook up with Melissa, who yeah, yeah. do look out for each other in this, especially in this core group that I think we have. I don't know if you want to call it the Zuzu's crowd or not, but I guess there's a, a click even online that you guys are you guys see our our names on Twitter and Instagram, right? We don't know each other, but that hardcore group, we really I feel like do kind of look out for each other when there's extra tickets or Mm-hmm. I've gotten uh, merch because someone said it's on sale right now, or you know, I've gotten yeah. shows and locally that because someone said, you know, uh, Matt Lockwood helps me out a lot with stuff. I help him out with oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, we we just we send each other autograph posters. If I had an extra one, or you know what I mean, stuff like that. I got totally. A, totally. I got a couple of things to send Matt right now. One of the pumpkins, gigantic bars, and um, oh yeah, beer bottles. I just sent him a pillbox poster. So it's like that kind of stuff. You get stuff in the mail. You're like, oh, that's cool. You know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those gigantic bars, uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, because I just ordered uh, them. Actually, it's stuck in something. I don't know what's up with the post office, but for some reason it was held. So I don't know when we're going to get those. But when we do, we're <laughs> going to review it's, them. <laughs> hopefully it's not held in a hey, No one room. took a bite out of it. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, it had to be around Halloween. That's well, we gotta, we gotta eat them no matter what condition they're in. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Completely melted. They're just gonna be. We're we're oscillating right now between uh, ninety weather degree and. 
50s right now. So yeah. just going yeah. up and down. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably They're get melted. You have to lick the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I was I, like, yeah, hey, it tastes pretty good. As yeah. is. Yeah. As is. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I I think uh, Matt just to mention Matt Matt's a, a huge contributor he a huge contributor to this show he's always sending us like uh, bootlegs and stuff Frank Ortega too is mm-hmm. another uh, guy who sends us a lot of good stuff um, yeah this this community when we started this we wanted to one we were we were getting back because we had kind of lost our way a little bit just for one reason or another and we were getting back into it and I know for me d- diving in during my cancer treatments it really like you know uh made me fall in love with the band again but also it was really nice because there are factions of the fandom that can be toxic but for the most part for the most part it's people like you who make it worth doing this podcast because we hear from you so often and the feedback has been great and it's just such a fantastic community Mm -hmm. of wonderful people that we can't wait to to meet in person at these shows or like in yeah. the future. And it's been and it's just been really great. It's been so great too, especially like kind of coinciding with a time when everyone's isolated. We've sort yeah. of virtually yeah. made a lot of new friends who and we've yeah. it, it, you know, even though it's like from a distance, we've bonded over some pretty po- like you've all talked about like pretty powerful shared experiences or, you know, um just deep connection to to this music and everything so yeah it's it's great and you all are yeah we, we so appreciate you all talking yeah. to us today because this yeah, is i'm super uh, grateful for the community like mandy yeah. and i only connected over smashing pumpkins john and i only connected over smashing but it's like now it's like i don't mind going to something by myself and then kind of feeling like oh, i'll be a little, i know who i'm gonna see or mm-hmm. like you know we all kind of it's just like a group um and then i really appreciate and the other thing is I think it has to be said, like, Chloe does add a lot of magic to that place, too. Like, she puts her whole heart into Zuzu's and, like, anything she touches is gold to me. Like, so, like, just with the stuff that she bakes and, like, I remember when they first opened and they were trying to figure out, like, banana muffins or banana loaf or, you know, it was, like, (laughs) just she still bakes, like, banana uh, chocolate chip banana bread, like, loaves for the holidays and I buy a bunch she's amazing like um i really really have enjoyed getting to know her and um like she puts her whole heart in that place mm-hmm. you can tell she's very passionate about yeah and it's it shows i mean it's obvious with how great the place looks and all the yeah. fantastic products it's like her blood sweat and tears yeah yeah she's right on the floor with the rest of the workers yeah, she doesn't hire people to do her stuff she does it herself yeah mm-hmm. she's yeah. right on the That's floor amazing. she's serving food she's super like you know she the idea. Door is, like, the event. She worked the door. I was like, yeah, she worked the door. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's That's a great. lot. It's overwhelming, but I think yeah. it's like a really safe group of people. Um, as far as like you know, um, getting together for things and like we have this movie night on Friday, and um, you know, I, I learned recently that like when you have an extra ticket, go, you know, like ask the smashing pumpkins family first or if you need a yeah. ticket ask right like so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i almost know, like it, it just that we take care of each other i think mm-hmm. i almost uh hopped on a plane uh for the last show um i came very close and uh another pumpkins uh uh kim uh roses like mm-hmm. uh was gonna help me out as well sierra you know just kind of being like yeah yeah we, we we'll help you out we'll get you in you know 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't happen because of just schedule stuff. And uh, but I was this close to going there. <laughs> that would have been really. Fun. If we didn't have kids oh, right now, we'd yeah, be flying it was just all like, over the country but all the stuff but like it it really did like it really is a great community that they'll help you out and we've had people who have helped us get a hold of uh rare stuff that we wanted too, like you know Mm -hmm. vinyl and all these kind of collectible stuff or we we have trouble finding i know right now our issue for the time period that we're covering some of that stuff is only available on cd and while we have the cd we don't have a way to rip it to mp3 yeah and we don't want to rip it from youtube because the quality is not as good so a lot of our fans are gracious enough to to send us those you know files and stuff that so we can use it for the show and also so that we can properly listen to it and uh break it down Mm -hmm. Uh, not to backtrack a little bit uh sorry about this i know we're wrapping up but just real quick uh kind of to sum everything up was there anything that you noticed especially in like kind of like before we because we we kind of know from like that pain or the Uh, vigil on a lot of those tracks from the demos and stuff but was there anything that you noticed in those kind of pre pumpkins demos that really stood out to you that kind of surprised you or that you want to convey uh to the audience who wasn't there like what was what was that like hearing those like what did you notice with those songs Uh, that's a good question how articulate he was so young and how amazing he was and how well he was, you know, he could put pain into words. I, I don't know. That was my thing. I've been playing the guitar since I was 15 and I couldn't, I can't imagine being as talented as him. Like, I know that that's not like the deepest answer, but he was able to convey deep pain mm-hmm. very well through his songs. Yeah. And and that's what stood out to me not just like one song in particular but his talent and just he's amazing with lyrics and every i don't know he's just amazing that's yeah. all so that's basically what we 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 do a lot of heavy editing on our episodes but most of the time it's us as we say falloning it you know it's just oh, like yeah. oh, it's so jimmy good it's so awesome yeah, oh my gosh like, i don't want to be like jimmy Fallon. no you're not you're not you're not but i'm just saying like we we uh we are saying like we always are like just sometimes we'll we'll do an episode and we're like all we're saying is it's great it's awesome <laughs> so no we're trying to, find... to describe him he's uh i mean there's like many ways but he's just out of this world talented other he's just otherworldly and like not in a bad way i don't see him as not human he's just otherworldly talented and he was born with this gift and he's sculpted it and um made it his i don't know he was born with something that like i don't understand just too much talent (laughs) i think for me like going through hard times is like i go to self-destruct right it's like oh you're going through something hard you're sleeping on couches you're traveling you're living out of a van you know whatever like you're going through this like unknown time you have no money you're literally starving you're sneaking into a studio to sleep at night like you know i don't know you can definitely turn to other things that he turned to like songwriting and that's not right. You know, like, so that, like I said, I mean, it's just like smart. We all know that, but his intelligence level to be able to convey what he's going through into words versus like, you know, Mm -hmm. really self-destruct. I mean, he said during the show, like he didn't do drugs. Right. You know, other than speed that, you know, they talked about (laughs) like in the car, 
he didn't do drugs. I'm like, that's pretty commendable nowadays, you know, even back in the nineties. So that's, I mean, that was like, wow. Even these early songs, the early songs, like at Zuzu, these Zuzu shows particularly, it was VH1 storytelling, right? It was a little blurb of a story that you're like, what the hell? How did, what was that? Like certain stories were crazy about witches and weird stuff. You're just like, what? And then he writes the song about it. And you're like, holy crap. And, and like Mandy had said, the age he was at, right? So I think, again, every time we're hearing Dylan or hearing his songs or poetry, I believe we're just hearing that mix of genius brain and, and yeah. deep emotional pain. That's the recipe I think that he's giving us. And I think, I think you summed it up very well with that. Absolutely. Deep emotional pain and intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the witch story is yeah. something that we've been waiting for in the book. You know, hopefully that book uh, comes out sometime. Yeah, I want to uh, hear all about yeah. this witch. Well, I want to hear about I the had, witch. Yeah. I had asked <laughs> the witch. <laughs> no. I, I had asked him if he, like, where can I? I know they were recording these, these shows. Yes, that was my next I, thing I was going to say. Like, where Wait. and when can I purchase the full? Th- I want these stories to rehear because, you know, when you're there and I only went to one show, I didn't get to go to five. I went like, to one which show are they going to pick, well, right? Well, that plus I want to rehear them so I could, because sometimes when you're there, you're like looking at, like you said, the fingers on the string. Yeah, right? yeah. You're looking yeah. At you might miss part of it, right? But I want to hear them again and like really hear them again. But he says he doesn't really plan on, on if he does, uh, a show or, or put it out it would most likely be the song parts of it and not so much the yeah. story which i yeah. think is a shame but what do i know i think that would that would take so much trust to like be able to give that to the whole world because he's given his feelings to the whole world with his music and then it blows up yeah. on him like a door or machina or like the many albums that it's haven't got the appreciation I think, I think he's so raw now I think he could get that out there because you know what? Who's going to buy that? It's going to be the hardcore fans. Yeah, I could see the hesitation because of like the clickbait kind of culture oh, with yeah. online stuff where they're going to pick one thing out of context or like try to make frame a narrative around it. And right. he's used to that by now, you know, like even, you know, but it's still no fun, right? past couple of years. Yeah. So I could see how I could see how it he would be hesitant to. So I think it's really special that y'all got to be there you know that you got to see this in person and hear these stories because it was such a personal deep thing you know you all get to experience this uh wonderful thing in person and i'm glad that uh y'all could join us Mm -hmm. to talk about your experience and to uh you know hopefully you can join us again in the future in some capacity if you're down for it uh to talk with us not just about shows but uh albums as well and stuff um yeah but yeah, uh, we really too. Yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. you there. I mean, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make a Zuzu's appearance happen. Uh, Thanks sometime. for what you guys do. It's a, it's awesome. It's amazing. Where else can you get something like this for someone like me sitting at my desk? And sometimes it takes me a whole day to listen to one episode because I have to keep stopping <laughs> for a work call. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're with me the whole day, and you're like pumpkins radio, talk radio. Where else can you get that? You can't. So it's positive. Yeah, it's awesome. We tried to be. Up and it's negative, and you're like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. where we try to live for in that positive space. The kind, yeah. yeah, we're trying to celebrate the music. Oh. I know I uh, exactly. probably went on too much of a rant last episode with the audience talking, but <laughs> that's probably the well, most negative I'll be. Um, but yeah, we just want to give a quick thanks uh, because we have a buymeacoffee.com account, and people have been gracious enough to donate. Uh, Pat, who do we have? 
to thank uh, for recent donations. Oh, uh, we want to thank once again Steve Foley. Um, we want to thank Will Alexander. And we want to thank David Jepson, all of you most recently. We appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, we also, I guess, we as we wrap things up, we obviously the, the uh, passing of uh, Bjorn, that we just kind of wanted to, you know, we didn't know him personally, but obviously he was a big part of the Pumpkins family. So we just wanted yeah. to, you know, say we're thinking about everybody who knew him. We know he was, you know, we know it was a big loss. So just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, we, we want to thank you all again so much for doing this. This was great. Um, and you. yeah, we have a lot more stuff. It's We're not oh, slowing down yeah. anytime soon, right? Frankly. We're going to be launching a Patreon soon. We're going to have a lot of bonus content there and uh, even some merch uh, yeah. that you can pick up. And uh, also, we're going to be doing more of these kind of Zoom hangs with listeners. Uh, so look out for that. And yeah, thank you again, Mandy. Melissa, John, uh, for taking the time out to speak with us here at the Pumpcast. We really appreciate you and your time and for sharing so much with us. And uh, yeah, Pat, you want to take us out and everybody you can join in with us? So we want to thank all of our guests and we want to wish everyone out there in Pumpkinland a very fond farewell and good Zoom mutes each other when we try to talk. In oh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see how that works. A bunch of loud assholes just going, talking over <laughs> our guests. <laughs> <laughs>